Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. This is the second of two interviews I did with Chris Axelson. If you have comments or suggestions, reach out to me. My email is franz1 at medsailor.com. If you have suggestions on who I might interview for future podcasts, let me know. Uh, This is the last one of the interviews that I have in the can, so unless I have some new people to talk to or new topics to discuss on my own, it may be a while before you get another podcast. So if you have suggestions on people that I might want to interview for the podcast, let me know. Before we get to that interview, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. For over 50 years, Sailrite has been your authority in all things marine DIY. Do it yourself. What started as a mail-order correspondence course on sailmaking has grown into one of the largest online and catalog retailers for the marine industry. Sailrite stocks everything you need to sew for your boat. They are the only company that makes one design and custom sail kits. As a passionate group of DIYers, Sailrite's dedication to self-reliance at sea is proven in their products and services. Sailrite sells fabric, foam, supplies, and more including the legendary portable and powerful Ultrafeed sewing machine. So you can be self-reliant and save money by sewing your own projects, from biminis to dodgers, sacrificial sail covers and sail bags, to interior and exterior seating and cushions. Sailrite brings you the best brands in the industry for unmatched product quality and professional-looking DIY results. With over 50 years of bringing you quality products, unparalleled service, and support, and free how-to videos, Sailrite is a name you can trust. I'm back with Chris Axelson. This is the second part of our interview where he's talking about buying a boat in Croatia in the summer of 2020. And in the last episode, we were working our way north. Uh, we had got as far north as Cress, or sometimes they call it Tress, even though it's spelled C-R-E-S-S. And you were starting to work your way back down the coast. Chris, let me ask you a question. You bought this boat. Did you have any issues with the boat a little later on that you wish you'd been able to discover during your survey? Just quickly before we continue on with your travels. Well, I, I, I think it's, it's sort of noteworthy because... There's a lot of information out there about buying charter boats and what you can expect and, and so forth. And I will tell you that our experience with that company, Dream Yacht Charters, was fabulous. We, we hauled that boat out at, at, um, uh, for the, you know, the, took it out of the water for the underwater portion of the survey. Where, where did and, you have it pulled out? Was it at the marina, or did you go down to the main marina down in uh, Shibenik? No, we had to go over to Vodici to get uh, to a marina that could haul a cat. Okay. Um, and so, so we—that was where we sailed. We had our, you know, our trial sail over there, and we hauled it out. And uh, I wanted to, uh, if the boat was going to check out, I wanted to sort of save a few few dollars and and get the bottom painted on it 
I was willing to kind of take that risk mm-hmm. uh, and and get it painted while it was out of the water. So anyway, we had this punch list of eight things. The boat was out of the water. And Dream Yacht Charters took care of all those things. They painted the boat. They uh, took care of the, the, the maintenance on the outdrives. Uh, you know, those lower leg units, you probably don't have them on your boat. But anyway, there's maintenance that has to happen on them. Replace the zincs. Um, put on fresh bottom paint, which is performing really well right now. And one of the... One of the um, Blackwater tank valves was uh, kind of acting up stiff, so they replaced they replaced that. That wasn't even on the punch list. And uh, then they took the boat back to the marina, and we had we had a collection of very small things, which if none of them had been paid attention to, I would have been just fine with. Okay. We had we had a thing like the 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 Lumar deck hatches were kind of separating and it wasn't a big job, but they fixed it and took care of the, the hatches. And they, uh, they, the boat had, uh, 1750 hours on the engine. So very low hours, uh, on the engines. And we have, uh, since taking over the boat, we have had a bilge pump, failure uh that that might be it that might be it of maintenance that we've done well then you got pretty Um, lucky then it sounds like yeah i mean i i can't believe this boat and i look franz this boat sails so well like the other day we were we were we were going upwind. We were sailing about we were in about uh, eleven no about twelve to fourteen apparent, and uh, we were sailing upwind uh, thirty degrees off the wind. We had a forty foot monohull behind us just and a little bit to leeward and we were matching uh, uh, tacking angles with them. We were a little bit faster than they were and we were going sideways more than they were. Okay. Which is to I be think, expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that, so, I mean, you, you could say we weren't pointing as well because we were just right. uh, mm-hmm. slipping Sliding, leeward, yeah. but mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the boat was that's that's close haul. That's you know everything everything buckled down tight and, and headed upwind. Really, really good. Like I'm not hesitant to sail upwind in the boat. Crack crack it off ten degrees and and she flies. Um, so I'm you know and this is coming from a guy that it pains me to say this. It's you know my my background sailing, but. I'm constantly smiling at the helm of this boat. Now, one thing that is not satisfying about sailing this boat is it's very hard to hand steer. Very hard to hand steer. It has uh, very little feedback that comes through to you. Now, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because the autopilot dampens it out 
Uh, I'm not I'm not sure of what the reason is for it, but you don't get to sit there with the tiller, the wheel in your hand, uh, the tiller, the wheel in the hand, and you know feather it upwind and feel uh, feel that nice feeling. It just doesn't have it. So what I do is I get I get it uh, kind of up, kind of going upwind. And then I set the autopilot and I might be at like 40 degrees off. And then I start trimming the sheets in and, and kind of tuning that up and getting the traveler in the right place and the right amount of main sheet tension. And these boats tend to like a fair amount of twist in the mainsail. So you kind of got more, the traveler's kind of up higher than you might expect, but you got more main sheet let out. And... And then I, I hit auto and then I just start clicking it up one degree at a time until I get up around 30 to 32 degrees and off we go. And then I, I sit there with a can of something cold in my hand and, and uh, push the autopilot buttons up or down depending upon what we need to do. But hand steering I don't really doesn't really excite me. It's not satisfying. I don't like to hand steer anything. That's what uh, helms are for. <laughs> i yeah, mean pretty nice yeah if i want to drive you can go get in a car and drive i get tired of uh, driving so no uh what year is it and how much did you pay for it uh let's see the year is uh we are a 2014 model year mm -hmm. and we paid now, just hang on a second, because I'm going to give you the wrong number. This is no one. Hey, Mandy, what did we pay for Time of Wonder? Yeah. Uh, 370000 Okay. And that's got everything on it. You know, that was that was plates and safety equipment and dinghy and... Oh yeah, that was another thing. Our dinghy motor gave didn't didn't work very well, so we had to buy a new dinghy motor. That was another thing that wasn't so great. We could have repaired it, but we didn't want to. We're carrying it around in our lazarette because um, when we get a chance, we'll probably drop it off at a Yamaha dealer and have them fix it up, and then there'll be two outboards on it. Okay, you'll have a spare then. Yeah, spare outboard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you know, it's got a, a a twelve person life raft with the boat, and all of that stuff was up to date. You know, the flares. When I left the boat last fall, I had two sets of flares that were expiring during the winter. When I got on the boat this spring, the flares were all brand new. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, DYC did really a, a very nice job handing over the boat. All right. Yeah, I've got uh, I've actually got a web page up right now looking at uh looking at it. It looks like it's awfully big for just uh five people. <laughs> oh, it's I mean it's very comfortable. You know, we have uh each of my sons has a cabin and my daughter has a cabin and then uh Mandy and I share share a cabin. So it's very spacious and 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 we have those two crew cabins up forward of that. So if you had a a gang on the boat, you could really, you could really pile the people on there if you were so inclined. I mean, we're sort of, you know, we weren't following the Croatian rule of, or the German sailing rule of having 12 people on a 35 foot 
sailboat. It seems they like to pile them on there. But Boy, they sure we, do. I've, you know, I look at the number of people on a boat and I say, geez, <laughs> you guys must really love each other. And of course, they stay, yeah. stay up drinking till three in the morning, no matter, no matter what. I think they have to, so they can go, finally fall asleep in the crowded conditions they're in. So <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so the other thing that's great about this boat is we, it has uh, two 50-odd horsepower Yanmars in it. And we, we cruise those at about 1850 RPMs. And we do, on flat water, we'll do about uh, 5.8 to 6 knots. And I, I mean, we put fuel in it. Uh, out of more out of precaution than really a need. It sips the fuel. I think it's, I think it's very, I don't, I, I haven't bothered to figure it out. That's not a very good sailor thing I know, but uh, somebody tells me that it's around three liters per engine per hour. Okay. Uh, but we've, we've in all that time and we've done a lot of motoring for sure, but we've, we've put, uh, uh, I think we've we've put maybe four hundred dollars worth of not even that much three hundred dollars worth of fuel in it in three months. Okay, okay, yeah, pretty economical. Well, now let me ask you: How long do you and your family plan on being out there sailing on this boat this year? Well, we we uh, you know this was supposed to go till the fifteenth of October. Okay. And and I would like to I would like to save Greece for another episode if, if you're so inclined uh, because it's it's another uh, interesting story. Okay. Uh, but I don't really want to talk about it while we're here. Ah, you want to be out of Greece before you talk about it, then, huh? Yeah. Now, are you <laughs> are you headed to Turkey? Um, are you going to go to Turkey? Well. We, it's a little bit up in the air right now. We we are our boat is on the west side of the canal right now. We're mm-hmm. in Athens, and we're going to go back and uh, get on it in a day or two, and then we'll be sailing uh, east. And we'd like to finish up in Turkey. Uh, and there's a um, sort of a tale that goes with this, but. Um, but we're just going to play it by ear and see because this traveling in the year of COVID is extremely complex. Uh, trying to move around, getting permission to enter countries, uh, where you, what happens. Like when we left Croatia, we had 12 days left on our, our 90 days. Okay. So not, and, much, not much wiggle room there then. There, there really isn't. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things we were confronted with was that was going to be the end of our six-month trip in three months. Um, so, so it's trying to figure out all of this is – and then at the end, we got to find a place to leave the boat. <laughs> so uh, there, there's just a lot, of, a lot of balancing act and trying to get – governmental authorizations to be 
present uh, and these sort of things that makes it makes it very difficult. I know you were planning on going to Italy, right, to get on get on your boat. What where did you decide on that? Well, yesterday I well about two weeks ago I realized I still couldn't fly into Italy. And uh, so I canceled my summer sail, and yesterday I wrote the boatyard and said, well, I'm not going to be sailing. Send me an invoice to, to pay for my, for my uh, dry dock fees up until the end of, uh, end of April next year because maybe I'll get back on it in April next year. But um, So, no, I'm, I'm landbound this year. I'm going to head up to Montana, go do a road trip. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, it's 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 very complex, and I'm not sure that if we hadn't had that opening that we got in, in back in May, I'm not sure that our trip would have ever happened. Um, there there was a crack of daylight coming through the door, and we we wiggled our family through it and got here, and um, and you know we we joke because we're like the Americans, <laughs> the Americans in Europe. <laughs> and people are happy to see us and they, they, they're, they're like, Oh, terrific Americans. We usually have so many of you here and it's nice to see you. It's, they're very welcoming, but yeah. Uh, well, the reality is the uh, largest industry in the world is tourism. And we, when you absolutely shut down tourism, you're doing massive damage to the world economy. Massive damage that will not, that's money that will not be spent. So I don't know how long they think they can keep going on with this nonsense. If you're a, if you work for the government, you're still getting paid, but in private industry, people are getting fed up with it. Really are. Well, you, you know, you're talking, you know who you're talking to. We're in the hospitality business. Right. We, we feel that pain dramatically. Um, and, and I think that, I think there's some political things that are going on as well here regarding who gets to travel and who doesn't get to travel. Um, there seems to be, uh, you know, some, some issues around that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We don't um, need to get into, I, I learned long ago, just not talk about politics because I will oh, irritate well, half the people. And... I won't talk to you about politics, but I'm just <laughs> saying that I think there may be some of those considerations. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but back to Croatia. Yeah. Let's get back some, to Croatia uh, there. Yeah. Some other observations about Croatia's is one, the people are unbelievable about living on the water. They they are just bobbing around off the edge of these wicked, sharp-looking rocks covered with, with sea urchins. And, you know, you, they're everywhere, hanging out on rocks. <coughs> it's amazing. And they have a real uh, water recreation culture, you know. They'll, uh, it's not like an athletic kind of thing, but it's just they love the water and they love being in the water. And we really enjoyed seeing that. We thought it was great. Um, so anyway, we, we were up, up there at the, at the north end, up there on the south end of Crest. We headed south. And I'm gonna, I'll try to maybe just abbreviate this a little bit to go for some highlights. We, we sailed down through, uh, let's see, we went to the island of Ist. And that's, that was... Uh, a really cool little place, super sleepy when we were there. Only one other 
recreational sailboat, um, and we couldn't we couldn't get our anchor to set. We couldn't get our anchor to set. And then the the other sailboat that was on the other side of the harbor there in Ist. Have you been in there? No. Where's this at again? You're talking about. This is this is down south of of Cress, uh, kind of out there, getting ready to feed into the uh, Cornati Islands. Uh, uh, it's at the north end of the of the Cornatis there. Uh, uh, no, I now the only place I've really spent time in Cress was going through that little narrow channel, and going up. Uh, oh, oh, now the Cornati Islands are way down south. You're not talking about the island of Crest. You're down south, right? Yeah, I, we're we're kind of headed down south, getting ready to get into those Cornati Islands. Now I've there. sailed through there, and I think I did it illegally because I think even to sail through there you have to have a permit. But I did it. I sailed right up through. Uh, some of the channels, but I've never actually got a permit to go into the national park in the Cornati Islands. Well, on our first trip down, they were not uh, uh, collecting money yet. Okay. Um, everything everything was on hold. So uh, we came down down through there, and we went um, as we as we were getting ready to come into the Cornati Islands. We someone had tipped us off about going to uh, Telasica. Okay. Which was on the, a nice national park on the south end of Dugiotak. Okay. And that's one of the places we paid. Um, we paid, I uh, can't remember what we paid in there, but we paid uh, in there. And that's a lovely, lovely bay. And that's right on the edge of the Cornati Islands. And we'd had folks uh, tell us about the Cornati Islands, and of course I'd read about them, and we'd uh, been told that the food was just terrific there. Uh, and so as we sailed down through the Cornatis, and they are breathtaking for sure, uh, we sailed down and we got to the uh, town of, I'll pronounce it, Virulji. Um, and that's where we did the uh, uh, pick up the restaurant mooring and and eat your and in return eat your dinner in the mm-hmm. uh, restaurant. And so uh, we did that. We did that there. Um, and uh, and then we sailed out of them. Um, so we didn't we didn't spend a great deal of time hanging around in the Cornati Islands. Although I think you probably could, and it would be fun to do. Um, but they're expensive to be in, and. We kind of we kind of watch our our nickels and dimes. If we don't feel like we're getting what we want out of them, then we we kind of try to move on and 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 not stay there. So we moved out of the Cornatis and then uh, worked our way uh, worked our way south. And that's when we ran into our our uh, first Bora, our first Bora. And we were down around Split, and uh, we uh, – what is that town? Oh, Trogir. Trogir, um, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know where that is, Trogir. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. um, we we stayed in that bay near Trogir, but we were staying on the uh, west side in this uh, little inlet – Yep. Uh, that looks up to Trogir, and it's it's a nice little inlet, and you can stay there 
Uh, it's one of Nathan Quirk's places, and you can stay there. There's no charge. It can accommodate probably three or four boats, <laughs> and uh, we were in there, and and uh, I had a nice anchor set, and we got we got up in the morning at probably six o'clock. And the wind was out of the northeast, and it was blowing at about 15. And all the boats that were in there with us were gone. And we're like, huh? Where did everybody leave in the middle of the night? Well, it wasn't but half an hour later that it was blowing 25 to 30. And that thing was wide open to the northeast. Oh and yeah, it, about, yeah. Um, it, it is right now. I got to talk to you about this because you, if, I don't know if you've gone back and listened to my interviews with Andrew Vick on Gaysia. I have. Okay, and I just clicked on. I've got Google Earth open, and I just clicked on all the KMZ files that he's had over the years from two thousand uh, two thousand eight on, and um, so I've got the paths of all of his travels since two thousand eight. And that bay is one that he's been to, it looks like, about 30 times that you're talking about. So he goes into that bay over and over and over again. That's one of his favorite bays that you're talking about. <laughs> well, do you see that little, that little, it's kind of a backwards comma-shaped harbor? Yep. And it's, it's right down at the bottom there. Yep, that's and the one I'm lovely. talking about, where it turns and goes in. There's, it's, it's very well yep. protected in there, right? Yep. And it is yep. open to the uh, to the northwest, wide open to the northwest. Yep. So so it's about seven thirty. Nobody's there. It's blowing about fifteen, and you know we're we're trying to figure out where everybody went. Well, by the time we're done with breakfast, it's blowing twenty five to thirty, and we're the there's one other boat in there that's in deeper. Um, and it gets pretty shallow in there, like, you know, four feet, three feet deep kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and our chain is, you know, we're probably four to one, maybe a little stronger than four to one, four and a half to one on our anchor road. And it's straight out in front of us. And so we decide we're going to go. And uh, the dinghy, the dinghy is hanging behind us, and we is we're challenged getting it. It's so rough that we can't get it in the davits. So we fire up the engines and we start to get out of there, and we're pulling the anchor in, and the dinghy painter wraps around the starboard engine shaft the propeller mm. so we've lost the propeller we have the anchor up we've lost one engine we have the anchor up and it's really tight in there and um you know at that point in time you kind of go through your uh very quickly your what if list and what what needs to happen so the anchor went booming back down, um, and and lo and behold, it held. Um, and now it's blowing 35. 
and it's got that spume that's running across the tops of the waves there. Mm -hmm. What kind of acre is it? Is it a rock now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so so it's the anchor's holding, and Mandy looks at me, and Mandy is a my wife is a superb swimmer, uh, very an accomplished swimmer, and so you know she she does the uh, you know the Blackbeard thing with the you know not quite with the the knife in the mouth but kind of, and she jumps overboard in this, you know, the boat's going up and down and up and down and up and down. And then, you know, it's, it's not swells, it's just wind chop, but it's pretty big from blowing across that fetch from the other side. And she jumps in there and she gets it cut off. And, you know, we, we hang on to the dinghy and shorten up the painter and get out of there. And, and we powered up to Trogir to see if there was a place to stay up there. And uh, there wasn't. And the amazing thing is, it's blowing stink. And there's charter boats heading out in it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Well, they've got a week. They've got to make the best of their week. You know that. <laughs> it's just like one after another and it's blowing 35 and they're headed out. So, so, you know, we, we took off and we, we sailed out of there. We figured that it was going to be, once we turned the corner, it's going to be kind of downwind. And, um, and so, you know, we joined the, we joined the lineup and went around and then uh, headed over to split and got into the ACI Marina there and split uh, and spent three nights while it blew itself out. Uh, now, what month was this? Was this? Uh, was this? What? It was June. June. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can get them all summer long. You can get them any time, but you start to get fewer of them later on in the summer. But uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that you know people talk about Croatia as being delightful. That's a big deterrent for me. I don't like the Boras. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Boras. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I uh, we, it, they, they, they kind of set your your nerves on fire a little bit. I think, uh, especially every time the wind comes out of the northwest, you're kind of wondering: is this going to turn into something uh, exciting, or is it just a good day sail? <laughs> uh, so, now I've never, um, I've never actually, I've driven to that marina in split, but I've never actually taken my boat in there uh, because I've never wanted to, I, I'm not a big city person as a general rule. And yeah. did you enjoy split? Would you recommend it? Oh yeah. I thought split was great. Um, and you know, I, we're seeing it through the eyes of, of, of a peculiar season granted, but I thought that that uh, waterfront with the, you know, the wonderful flat marble, stones and those big palm trees and all of the cafes along there. And then that palace, you know, the palace that's behind it is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And we found a little, a nice little cafe and, and got a pizza in this, you know, tiny little alley that just had a wonderful feel to it. And then, you know, walking through that palace is pretty extraordinary. 
So yeah, we we really enjoyed Split. I would say. Okay. What's that? We went to that fortress. fortress. Which fortress was that? Kills. Kills Fortress. Oh yeah, Kells Fortress there up on the top of the hill. Okay. That's that's also yeah well worth it. So the ACI Marina was I think about one hundred and eighty five dollars a night. So there were no bargains this year then, even though the uh, even though nobody was that there, was they still s- that was a bargain, huh? That was thirty percent off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's another reason I, I've never gone to split. I don't want to pay their prices. <laughs> well, you got to remember, Franz, that we're, you know, we're the width of two. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she, she tells me when I called in, she said, oh, well, we're doing 30% off, 45-foot boat. That's going to be like $110. And I said, we're a catamaran. She goes, oh, well, that's like $230 a night, but we're going to give you 30% off, so it's 100 and whatever it was, 180 or something dollars a night. That was a bargain. Um, so, yeah, it was expensive, but, you know, when the bore is blowing, uh, at least for us, we didn't mind putting the money down to be in a secure place and and not have to worry about it. That's a lot less expensive than the potential damage to your boat if your anchor gives way and you run aground. That's the way you have to look at it. Exactly. That's how, I mean, that's how, how we approached it. And, uh, uh, I think, you know, we were, we were in that situation a couple of times in Boras and we just, we went to the marinas and, and felt, felt infinitely, uh, happier, um, yeah. Uh, in that situation than, you're, than you're, hanging on it. You're lucky they let you into the marina because the one down in Dubrovnik, when the boar is blowing, they won't let you even come into the marina. But they've got very, very good holding just outside of it. So it's easy enough just to drop anchor and the mud. It's a, such a good holding down around Dubrovnik just outside of the marina that it doesn't matter how hard it blows. You're, 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 your anchor is just going down to China because it's such good holding yeah. out there. But, uh, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> well, so so we sailed. We sailed. Uh, you know, we d- went over there to that uh, big, big spit that sticks out. Uh, what's that called, Mandy? Where where we? That's in all the pictures. That peninsula of sand that sticks out there below. Oh gosh, can't remember what it was. Um, okay, is this su- is this south of Split or, or southeast of? Yeah, Split? yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's on Brock. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So now we're over to Brock now, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, no, so, so <laughs> wait a minute. So we sail over to Brock and, and uh, oh, no, let's see, to Split, and then over to, uh, I'm trying to get this right, over to, um, yeah, Brock, and then over to... Yeah, we found a great anchorage on over there uh, on, um, yeah, when we went to Brock, we then went over and spent the night on the, on the, what do you call it, the east side of, or the north side of, of um, Havar, and in this just wonderful little cove over near, uh, it's called Jelsa. Okay. No, not Jelsa. What was it called? Was that uh, where we were swimming? That guy lathered up with all the 
all the suntan lotion and then went swimming. He looked like a polar bear. <laughs> um, gosh, what was that? That was a favorite spot for us. Now, are you now you're not on the island of Brock? You're at a different island. Is that the, what you're talking about? Yeah, we went, we went to that uh, that that place that Zelotny Rot, which is that that peninsula that sticks out that has uh, that's in all the the brochures about oh. Croatia. It's okay. A spectacular okay. So it's just sort of south and uh, south Across and west from Split. Very close. Then yeah. it looks like about maybe two or three miles. Exactly. And, and I wish I could remember the name of that. Cause that was really, that was a highlight spot. Now there's a town there called Slatin, S L A T I N E on the North shore of that, but I see that peninsula just pokes out. And so where did you anchor? Yeah, there? We didn't go, we didn't go in there down towards starry grad. We stayed in those harbors that are on that, that, you know, serrated edge up there. And I think the thing we were in was that must be it right there, but it doesn't have a name on it. Yeah. Well, since um, our listeners can't see what we're looking of, at. There's a lot of them in there and they're really great anchorages all along that, that uh, edge of, of um, the Island there. And then, then we sailed around uh, to, to Havar town. Okay. And, and, um, in there. Yeah, we're the only ones in Havar Town. It's amazing. Um, that's and, rare. Uh, did you anchor in the? In that? the that's rare. Did you anchor in the harbor in Havar? Then did you tie up to the wall, or where did you go? Yeah, we picked up a ball and tied to the wall. Yeah, we picked up the ball and tied to the wall, and then and then walked around and and we had lunch in there, and and the fellow that owned the cafe, we asked him how many visitors a day were coming on the ferries? And uh, I think he said 200 a day. And I asked him what the norm, what did he say the normal number was, Mandy? 10,000, 20,000 a day, something like that coming on the ferries and staying there. So dramatic, you know, economic impact yeah. uh, to these, to these islands, just dramatic. Uh, but people kind of had a stiff upper lip and we're going to get through it. So, and then from there we sailed over to, that's when we made the decision to not sail further South, that we weren't going to be able to get into Greece. And so, uh, we decided what we would do is do another lap and sail North and then come back down to Dubrovnik and, and uh, and then hopefully get permission to, to enter Greece. So we did that other lap. We we went to what the brochure says is uh, Europe's most unusual beach, which is that thing on Viz. Um, have you been out to Viz? I've been to Viz. Let's see. Have I been? Yeah, I've been to Viz. I've I've gone all the way from the south end out around the round, to the other side. Which beach are you? I'm not a beach person, I have to say. But where are you talking about? Well, if, if, tra- traveling with a six, eight, and ten year old, uh, beaches play a role in your in your moving <laughs> around. So yeah, uh, this this place this is the it's like a peekaboo beach and. And you go along, 
I'm tr- I got to find it and see. It's when you approach the darn thing. Uh, wh- which one is it, Lars? My son Lars is giving me a hand with this. It's it's one of these in oh, here. Oh, you know what? I have not been to Viz. Okay, I take it back. That's an island I have ac- not actually visited. So, okay. I was thinking of Lastovo. Okay. Okay. Well, so we went we went to Viz and it has gosh, I can't I can't find the darn the darn beach in there. Um that must be it right there. Yeah, yeah okay. So there's if you zoom in on the south side of Viz yeah, there's there's a beach. Uh, there's an inlet called Steneva, which yep. is about uh, one third. No, about right in the middle of the south edge of the thing. Yeah, it goes up there quite a ways. Yeah. Yeah, and if you zoom way in, way way down on it. Yeah, you can see that tiny the, little beach there. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes, it's amazing. It has like, what is it, Mandy? Europe's best. Europe's most beautiful beach is is what the, their brochure says, <laughs> and and uh, it's it's got like a a fortress door in it. The cliffs are almost touching. It's probably I'm going to say it's maybe forty feet wide, and you go through that in your dinghy or 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 swimming, I guess not your dinghy, your paddleboard, and there's this beach on the other side of it that's really cool. So. That was a really neat place to go to. Uh, now, it looks to like it's too deep to anchor there. Is it too deep to anchor outside it of is. it? Okay. It's, it's way too deep to anchor. So uh, there's a bunch of mooring balls in there, day, day balls, mm-hmm. and then you tie back to the shore, and, and then you watch the entertainment and let the good times roll because it's a little crazy in there um, with people, you know, those Croatians, they'll take a 17-foot boat, you know, miles and miles offshore and think nothing of it. And they're, they come out there and do their thing. So it was cool. Yeah, I'm looking um, at the pictures of it on Google Earth, and it looks like a, a fun little beach. Yeah. Can you only get to it from the water or can you get to it well, from the I, land? I think you can, must be able to get to it from the land because I'm not see, I'm seeing a lot of I people. Think there's a trail down there. Yeah. Mandy says there is a trail. She walked up it part way, so you have to walk to it. You can't drive to it. Okay. So yeah, actually, we I, I see a road to just to the east of it, so you probably take off that yep. road and walk down to it then. Yeah. Yep, I think that's right. Okay. Yep. So, so then, then we were confronted with where to stay after that, and um, – uh, we found a nice, nice little spot uh, on the way back uh, when you turn the corner and start heading, I guess it would be uh, back towards Split there. There's a little C-shaped, kind of C-shaped island with an ear on it, and we stayed on the north side of that, and it was lovely in there. Um, but a lot of those anchorages, Franz, are, are not uh, tenable because – they're you know 25 30 meters deep and there's there're no edges to them they just 
drops straight down into the water. So it's kind of a hopeless anchoring situation. Yeah, that's the problem. It's too deep, too deep. Too, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. And then you have cliffs that drop straight into the water. And so you've got to find a place around there. But uh, yeah. I see so there's a little, really I see well, there's a little, little village island, I see uh, there's a little village just around the corner that you might have been able to go to. Uh what's the name of this? Ruv, Rukavik. But uh, Yeah, we tried to anchor in there but it was um not we weren't feeling real good about it. We were we were kind of anchoring in like 15 or 16 meters but it was 100 yards back. It was 30 meters so it was sloped the wrong way and and so we weren't feeling real secure about that. So we went to the right and up a little bit to that C-shaped island. Yeah, I see it right here. What do they call it? It's called Velki, V-E-L-I-K-I, Budavakak, B-U-D-I-K-O-V-A-C. Yeah, yeah. And it looks yep. like there's some sandy was, areas there. Okay. And we anchored on the north side of that, uh, not in that little space there, and that that island's claim to fame is that they'd been growing grapes since Roman times on that island. Um, so that's that's where we spent the night there, and and we did it just as the sun was going down. So we kind of felt lucky about that. Um, and that's where we took our turn and went back, headed back uh, up the coast, and kind of decided that we would go. Uh, further north and so we you know we sailed up through those islands it was great sailing uh everything was was going great and that's when we went up to um we went back to rob town and then from rob we sailed around uh the north end of rob and we went over to uh goli otak so if you find are you up looking at it up by Rob? Yep, I'm looking at Rob, and I see the north end of the island, and then you got a bunch of little islands right there to the north. Okay. Yep. So those two little islands, one is um, the one on the right is called Goliotok, mm-hmm. and and that has uh, two little anchorages in it. The first obvious one, the first obvious one, is is that bigger one that's in the middle of the island there. Mm-hmm. But that's with tripper boats and everything. Okay. Yeah, because I see it goes up there uh, quite a ways. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one's the most obvious one. Which one? So you went to the next one over around that? Uh... So we went, we, <laughs> we went to the one to the left, which is oh. dug out, and it's like a square. Can you see that one? To the left, okay, so it's dug out. Yeah, yeah. It's well, kind of like a square. Okay, so get that, get this. This was um, Tito's uh, place where he put all his bad actors. Yeah, okay, on so, Google Earth it says Prison Island. This I-N-S-E-L, Golan, G-O-L-I-N, Golan Otak. And then it's and then he shows yeah. that... Uh, the picture that I'm looking at shows a prison there. Is that what we're talking about? Exactly. It is. Uh, it's a gulag, and and uh, so we anchored over in that little square anchorage, which was uh, the navy base. 
And that's a big that's a big anchorage. You can put a lot of boats on the wall there. Um, and we we anchored in there. We actually were having a little difficulty, so we actually went around the corner and actually set an anchor outside. And but uh, you can tie back, and it's very well protected. And then you can walk through this old gulag, and it's spectacular. I mean, it is unbelievable what they chiseled out of this place. And if you zoom in, you'll see all the buildings. They were they ran three, three or four different <coughs> manufacturing facilities out of there. They had furniture manufacturing. They built heavy tractors. Um, and a couple of other things. What's that? Stone. They did stonework. And these buildings are all there, and they're fair game to walk through. Hmm. All right. that You know, a whole part of Croatia I've never been to, so it sounds like a place to go to. Now, it looks to me like um, you could almost side-tie there. Is that correct? Because I see a couple oh, of boats side-tied side there. Definitely side-tie in there. Yeah. Which is yep. always my preferred method of uh, getting on and off a boat if I have a choice. But with the catamaran, yeah, my, it's probably not for you. Oh, no. My, it's still my preferred. I feel a lot more secure side-tied than, than tied back. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, I like that. Um, so that's a very interesting place. Uh, and, and you can spend, I would say, three four hours walking around and wondering what life was like in a gulag. It's pretty amazing spot. Um, and, and, you know, you can, you can go up there and see where they were crushing rocks with a sledgehammer and whatever else they were making them, <laughs> them do. Um, and then we left there and, and, uh, uh, set one reef and sailed from Goliotok to, uh, where the heck did we go? Kirktown. We went up to Kirktown. Where's Kirktown, Lars? My son Lars is with me now. He That's wants great. to make sure I get all the facts straight. So, um... I, I, um, so we sailed up to Kirktown, and uh, that's where we we had a rip-snorting sail through there, and uh, we were doing nines and tens, uh, along the way, and it was just just a hoot uh, of a sail. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And have you been up to Kirktown? I'm trying to figure out if I have. I'm just actually doing a quick a quick um, path to see how far it is. It looks like it's about a 14 mile sail up to Kirk. K R K is how that's spelled. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've actually been into Kirk. No. Well, it's it's another one of these cities like Rob or uh, Havar or Split or uh, Zadar. Um, it's very pleasant. It's got an old part of town. It's got the ramparts around and the restaurants that are you know all on the ramparts. Um, and so it's it's a very uh, uh, pleasant place to go so looks like we there's went, a, looks like there's about three or four marinas right in there so did you go into a marina in kirk no we didn't we we this is where uh another place where we ended up paying and what happened is we left we left uh um oh i'm getting myself 
the prison island. Confused here as I'm looking at this. <laughs> yeah, we left the prison island and headed headed up to Kirk, and all of our like seven seven seven, Nathan, Kirk, Quirk, and somebody else said you can anchor right outside of the walls. So if you look there, you can see the marina. But if you look to the right of the marina, you can see a nice little crescent-shaped harbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, all of our pilot books said you could anchor there, so we anchored. And um, then in the morning, we went into the – oh, I know what happened. In the morning, we had visitors, and um, they told us we had to leave from that site but that we could tie up at the town dock to finish our grocery shopping because that's what we had to do there. And while we were grocery shopping, uh, the uh, SAR man stopped by and told us that we'd uh, infringed on, on uh, their waters there and that they were, they were part of a uh, – what do they call those things? Like a harbor – um, yeah, concessions or whatever they call them. They seem to have signs for yeah, concessions. Like, uh, yeah, beyond, it's beyond a concession. It's like the waters were controlled by the town. Mm-hmm. And so there was no anchoring anywhere along those, anywhere along that coast. The closest anchoring spot was like six or seven miles away. Hmm. Okay. Uh, um, so, so. Uh, they got even with us on that by having us pay, uh, I think, 150 kuna. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, which was the uh, some fee that they get from people there. It's unclear to me what <laughs> fee it is, but some fee uh, that they collected from us. And and then he took pictures of all of our pilot books, showing that that was uh, a legitimate anchoring spot. Oh, okay. Uh, so he wanted to to clarify it with them. It sounds like he did, and he we did learn something at that point in time, which was that we have uh, uh, a Raymarine chart plotter. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a chart chart plotter? No, I just use my iPad and uh, Navionics. Oh. Okay, well we and I we have those Navionics charts, and they have little anchors every place you're allowed to anchor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was kind enough to explain to us that there was no little anchor uh, in that anchorage that we anchored in and that we needed to pay attention to those little anchors because in Croatia, they're very important to pay attention to. Okay. Well, it's good so, to know Navionics has got the right information then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in fact, on Navionics, there was no anchor mark there. Oh. Uh, but we didn't. we didn't know that if there wasn't an anchor mark in Croatia that you weren't allowed to be there. Well, I don't know that I'd buy that either. So I've anchored a lot of places (laughs) where there's no anchor mark. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, so from there, uh, then I guess, what did we do after that? Lars, we, we sailed off from Kirk. Um, Oh yeah. We went went, um, up um, the North Side of press all the way down to. Okay, just wait. Where did we stay after we left there? We just... Oh, we sailed all the way up and over the north end of Cress, and then we stayed in. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
we've sailed all the way over the top of the north end of Crest, and then we were headed south again, Franz. Mm -hmm. And we stayed we stayed in this harbor called um, Duga Luca, which is on the uh, west side of that channel coming down on the west side of Cress. So it's across from Cress. And uh, that was a pretty good anchorage. Um, It's exposed from only one side. And uh, so we spent the night there. And yet they had giant jellyfish the size of uh, cantaloupes in there. Um, so you didn't get into Crest, Crest Town then? Is this north of Crest I, Town? We never went to Crest Town. Okay. Nope. What's that like? Have you been in there? Yeah, I actually wintered my boat there. There's an ACI marina in there that I wintered my boat there. And it was a beautiful little town. I enjoyed the town, but it was really a pain to fly in and out because you had to fly into... Uh, where was it? No, um, oh, what's the capital of of uh, oh, Zagreb? Zagreb. Take a bus down, then then take a bus down there again. It was a it was a bargain for the for the winter, cheaper than anywhere else. But it was very difficult to get in and out of there. <laughs> it's a problem by <laughs> land. If you did not if you did not have a car, it was hard to get in and out of there because I was just taking yeah. public transportation. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm looking for the, um, the anchorage you're talking about, um, because there's a big okay. bay in there. Uh, okay, Zal Bay is it? Yes, Z-A-L it's above bay? that. Hmm? That uh, that's uh, uh, that big bay is very commercial. Um, so this is sort of across from Crest Town. And up a little bit on that other side, there's the town of Rabak. Okay, okay. And Rabak is above, and Doogie Luca is right below Rabak. Okay. And that's a really quiet anchorage. There's nothing going on in there. There's no concession balls and. Well, no, no, no. Um, you're not. You're not. You're over on the mainland. Then you're not on. Uh, you're not on Cress anymore. Then is that correct? Because Rabak's right. on the mainland. You're off okay. Cress. You're on the mainland. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There it is. Uh, looks like it's Porto Longo. Is what it looks like. Is that the name of it? No, Doogie Doogie Luca. Doogie, Doogie Luca. Okay. Let me try to find that. So is it south the, of Rabak? Yes, just immediately south of Rabak. Okay. And it. It's a deep. It's a deep one that's going. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. That, the, it's it's the same one I was talking about, but I guess there's several. the The name of the town is Dugaluka, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that uh, looks like it's a very deep uh, and shallows nicely at the end for anchoring. Then. Really nicely, we were anchored in four or five meters and and uh, felt really secure in there. Uh, so that was. That was great, and then and then we went over to Pula. No, we went to. Uh, we went. Remember, we went to that town that we went to the amusement park in, and um, then we we stayed there for two nights. Um, you went to the amusement oh. park. That might have been um, down around Palmer, P O M E R. It's down at. That's right. 
It's Medulin. 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 Yeah, Palmer's just across the bay from from Medulin. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lars and Mandy. <laughs> yeah, so we went down, we went, we sailed in there and uh, spent two nights uh, anchored off the, that uh, little island out there mm -hmm. and uh, had a great time. But that's not a historically interesting place. Um, there's, there's uh, other than that island has an old Roman um, uh, villa on it, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but, but Medellin doesn't have any historical interest and it's got, uh, a lot of, uh, party cafes and that sort of thing going on. My experience, on the, that's called, that whole area of Croatia is called the Istrian Peninsula. And I found that once I got to the Istrian Peninsula, um, what you found along the coast was a lot of, uh, camps, um, and, you know, right in there, there's some FKK camps, which are nudist camps. In fact, I think the largest nudist colony is just north of there. Uh, but uh, uh, I did not like the Istrian Peninsula at all because it was just um, just just a bunch of campsites is all it seemed to be. So yeah. I shouldn't say that. I like the town of Rovinia and because uh, that was a delightful town. Uh, but other than that, I didn't think, you know, I Last last summer, I sailed all the way up to uh, to Italy, up that, and uh, I thought, well, I guess the next time I come back, I'll just beeline down the Istrian Peninsula because I didn't think much of it. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. well, we we went to Pula, of course. That Colosseum is spectacular mm -hmm. in there. Yep, uh, and and a really, you know, incredibly well preserved uh, structure. So. Um, that was a great visit, but we, we sort of were, uh, in the same camp as you on that Franz. Once we, once we'd done the Coliseum, Pula itself was okay. It's a pretty big city. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we were having a hard time finding our local consumed store to do our grocery shopping in. And so we, we headed out of there. Um, did you stay at the Marina there? No, we just we just anchored. Uh, um, I don't know, quarter of a mile from the marina in a great great anchorage up against that seawall there. Okay, and uh, we're re really well protected and and uh, uh, no cost again, thanks to Nathan Quirk. So um, that was that was great in there. Okay, I didn't know you could anchor in there. That's good information. So yeah, there there were. Maybe four or five other boats anchored with us in there. Okay. Uh, and it's it's you're you know you're you can look out the window at the ACI Marina. You're right, you know, just on the you other side. Yeah, you you can get their Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, we there, there's a whole cruising guide that needs to be written about where you can poach a, a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder. People are putting passwords on them all the time now. But I used to do I that. <laughs> yeah, so... That was the highlight. Yeah, so Mandy's just reminding me to put in a plug for the next place we went to, which was... Uh, Uniji, and that is uh, 
the first big island coming down from Pula on your way to Lasinji. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's just across from uh, from Losinj. Yeah, Losinj. Yeah. Yeah. And that water was is like you jumped into it and it felt different to you. It sparkled on you. Really? Did you go into the main harbor on the east, the west side of the island? Is that where you went to? East. You went. We were the, on the east side of. Uh, which uh, which cove did you go there into? There the, on, uh, there's about three coves that you can go we into. Went, yeah, we went to the middle one, front. Okay. All right, because I've anchored in the and, northern one before, but it's not very good holding. It's pretty much rock on the bottom, so not very good holding there. So. Yeah, we. We were just outside of the mooring field on on that, uh, and I think I think we uh, we we got a good anchor set, but I think it took two or three tries uh, in there, if I remember right. Yeah, I lost my engine in that northern cove, uh, <laughs> and Jesus. and you know you, if you're used to. Traveling in Croatia, you motor, at least I motor, a lot more than I sail most of the time. It's uh, yeah. uh, Usually there's not enough wind or too much wind, so when there's not enough wind, you end up motoring. So I lost my motor there and had called my insurance company up. I said, come give me a tow. And they said, well, uh, it's going to cost $12,000 to get you a tow. Can you, uh, can you sail over to Mali Losange? And I said, well, it's only 12 miles. I should be able to sail over. It's a sailboat for crying out loud. And they said, if you get in there, we'll have somebody come and tow you into a mechanic. And that's what I ended up doing. It was really, really light wind. It took me all day long with my drifter to get across there. But I did get over there. Yeah. And it was just, what what had happened is the fuel line, which was a steel line, had broken. And I didn't have a a way to fix that or repair that. I do now, but I didn't then. So, yeah. So anyway, huh. yeah, so I've been to that. I don't re- I when I got in there it was late at night and I don't think I even got in the water there. So I didn't experience the water that you're talking about there. Yeah, the water was pristine. Um and then from there, Mandy, we went to that place that we like so much. What was that called? Yeah, that was down uh I was just before we it was just before you go down to the Mali Yeah, by the airport there. Oh, yes, okay. that's right. So you went up that little uh, channel that goes to the north by the airport then? Yes. Okay, well, this is that square-shaped cha- uh, harbor. Okay, I see it uh, here. Just right off the end of the airport then. Yeah, Zo- that's it. Z-A-B-O-D-A-R-S-K-I Bay. So the, I, I, don't ask me to pronounce it. Anyway. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. And that water was also spectacular. Hmm. Yeah, really nice. Um, and so then then we kind of repeated our trip from there down south and on our on our bucket list we had um Stan, right? Was that really that was our Corchula. Corchula. Yeah, mm-hmm. Corchula. What's that? And Millet. And Millet. And uh, uh, Millet was great. Have you sailed to Millet? 
No, oh, let's see. Let me zoom in on Millet. It's a M-U-L-E-T, right? It's M-J. So that's down by Dubrovnik. Oh, then, yes, I have. I've sailed everywhere around Dubrovnik. I just have to get yeah. down there. Yeah. That's that's that fabulous uh, cove up there, Pomina. Let me zoom in. Yeah. Turns there. Okay. And, you know, with that kind of lead in, any red blooded male is going to go looking for sirens, but I didn't find any. <laughs> um, um, but what, what is cool about that, once again, we rent um, mountain bikes. And there's that big inland salt lake there. And we rode around. Yeah, that's the national park you're talking about. So you went into. Yes. Yes. And so you had, did you pay your fee to get in there or did they give you, let you entrance for free this year? No, uh, we paid a fee. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't much. It was, I don't know. It might have. Yeah, a few hundred kuna. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah, a lot of money. But it is fun to ride bicycles around that in the lake. That's a that's a beautiful bike trail through there. Oh, have you done that? Yeah, mm-hmm. several times. Oh, yeah. That's a standard and, stop for me. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. We really like that. And uh, that island, you know, with the monastery or whatever is is uh, really cool. It's in that lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a standard spot because it's always it's always convenient. It's always a day sail from somewhere. So yeah. Did now did you get into Corchula Town? Yes. Yeah, we really like Corchula Town. Okay. We had a good, we had a nice visit there. Okay. And where did you anchor yeah. when you went to Corchula? Did you anchor around the corner in that bay where they come and still charge you for anchoring? Yes, but they didn't charge us. We anchored right in front of the monastery. Okay. <laughs> then you got lucky. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we we anchored off. Yeah, we okay. No, not that bay. We went around one more corner okay. over to. Do you know where that, that monastery is? Yeah, and I've anchored over there, and they didn't charge me there either. So there, actually, there was quite a few boats anchored over there. Baja, B A D I J A, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that monastery. It's like uh, you know, you see that, and you realize that the Franciscans have some pretty spectacular real estate. That was a really cool. <laughs> place and uh that was um uh the communists were were pretty involved with that uh taking that monastery over in the 50s and turning that into an athletic training center so there's there's uh, training trails for running and old soccer fields and all kinds of basketball courts and things there for the for the uh for the communists back in those days to train on so it made for an interesting place to walk around. Okay, from there, and you visited Corchula. Uh, did you just take your dinghy over to go visit Corchula Town? Yep, we just dinghied around over there. Okay, because in your boat, your dinghy it must be better than mine. I'd have to be my dinghy. I wouldn't necessarily want to go that far because I'd get too wet getting there. Uh, now, did you go down to Lombardia? Did you take the inside passage to go down, uh, go through that narrow no. channel? No, we went. 
we went out straight out the monastery through that shallow channel there with okay. the funny concrete markers. And then from there, yeah, I mean, it was, we draw 185 and we got 1.9 on our, on our sounder. So we <laughs> about as, we, we might've, we might've made the channel a little bit deeper as possible, but we're, if it was, it was sand. Okay. Yeah, I'd never tried. Yeah, I'd, I, I looked at that. That's always too shallow for my boat to get out. So I've always gone south. But if you'd gone south through that little ch- that, that, that narrow marker, there's a guy with a uh, that's a rock sculptor, and you can see him out working on his rock sculpt sculptures just as you go through that that narrow passage between those two islands. That's why I was curious if you went that that way down to Lombardia. So yeah, Lombarda. So okay, so yeah. you went down to. Uh, Mijet, and then did did you stay anywhere else along Mijet? Because there's a couple other anchorages along that coast. No, we didn't. We were very interested in going to Ston. Ah, okay, okay. Which is where we had had probably the most excitement of our whole trip so far. Yeah. Um, we went in there to Ston. Have you been in there, Franz? Yep, a few times. Yep. So uh, we went in there and we we uh, dropped the hook in in Brosey, which is where it gets narrow, uh-huh. and uh, had a had a good good anchor set, and then dingied up the the estuary there, and uh, walked around town, saw those stone the fortress walls, mm-hmm. uh, ate some oysters. Had a nice dinner with a at a place where all the food was, the wine and the olive oil all came off of a family farm. And then as as it started to get dark, we dingied back down, and when we came out at Brosi's, our boat was gone. Whoa, okay. Yeah. But you know, you could have and, taken your boat all the way up to Ston and just uh, tied up at that little. Mer- Anchored. I don't know if you could anchor any closer than that. I don't know if you anchored if you could get any closer. I've tied up to that marina right along the side, outside of Stone. Yeah. But uh, but right. you have to pay for that now, so that's probably. I better. wish we'd done that. Okay, so what happened then? Um, well, what happened is is we we anchored and we had a we were right right where we thought we should be, and we had a good anchor set, and the boat wasn't moving, and uh, we had. And there was no wind, and none in the forecast. And and Mandy, I mean, uh, and this huge sailboat called what's it called? A Quijo sailed in behind us. And how t- how long is a Quijo? Two hundred and fifty feet. Two hundred and fifty foot sailboat. Yes. Okay, so a Quijo comes in a two hundred and fifty foot long uh, sailboat, spectacular, you know, like they have down there. And it anchored. And so we, while we were eating uh, dinner, we had a breeze that came up for about 15 minutes. A little more than a breeze, but not a lot more than the breeze. And they called it a Bora. And apparently it blew 45 knots for 15 minutes. Oh, just a microburst then, huh? Yeah, and it cracked our boat loose. 
and our boat loose boat went floating to, towards Dubrovnik, and two young men were swimming on shore and saw it, and the crew on Aquijo saw it, and <coughs> jumped in their tenders and got on the boat and started up the engines and and seven meters from the rocks. Oh wow! The kindness of strangers, yeah. huh? Kindness of strangers, exactly. What a blessing. So they they took the boat and uh, the two young men were locals and they knew where the the good sandy patch was and uh, anchored the boat. And, and when we came around the corner, we saw it in quite a bit different location. And we saw people on the boat, which was, you know, you start wondering what's going on here. And uh, they did us a really nice service. And, and um yeah. So, uh, yeah, it scared, it scared us. It was rather unsettling, um, to, to have that experience. Yeah. I've never, ever felt comfortable leaving my boat at anchor and going wandering off, even though I know the anchor is safe. I still have that little tinge in the back of my mind that something could happen and I'm not there to help the boat, but I've had that. I've had a similar experience. Do you like, do it? Huh? But I still do it. Yeah. I, I still never, you, st- you still don't like it though. Um, I had a similar experience in the Aeolian islands. Uh, the winds were blowing hard, 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 hard. And, and we went to, um, Lapari and you, the wind had been blowing from one direction and it was a deep anchorage. So we had about, um, 200 feet of anchor chain out cause it was a deep anchorage. And uh, we were holding. We were just fine holding because the wind was blowing from one direction. And so we got off and wandered around the town. And when I came back, my boat wasn't there. But what had happened is the wind had shifted. And now my boat, with all this road out out there, was starting to drift around to threaten other boats. And a guy in a catamaran next to me went out in his dinghy and grabbed my boat and tied it next to his so I wouldn't do any damage to any boats. And uh, actually, no, he tied me next to a fishing boat because I still had plenty of anchor line out. It's just that now that the wind wasn't blowing from the one direction, I was starting to uh, go directions that I hadn't planned on. So he tied me next to a fishing boat. And uh, again, same thing, kindness of strangers. So, yeah. 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 Anyway. So, uh, Stan, did you climb the walls in Stan? Did you go up and over to Molly Stan? We did. The next day, we we, we repeated uh, uh, without the, the sense of adventure of the boat drifting away, but we went back up the river and, and uh, hiked over to Molly Stan uh, on, the, on those walls, which is just outstanding experience. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, when you're up there and you learn that they built those walls in 18 months or something, you, you wonder how could they possibly have done that? Such a feat. How much slave labor did they have at that time is what it amounts well, to. That's what we said. You know, there's only one way you could have gotten that done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so then uh, uh, from there, I think Mandy didn't. Oh, no, we went to uh, we went to another place. Oh, Slano. Yeah, we went to Solano. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been? Have you been there? Yeah, that's where they've got an ACI marina. Actually, I've never been there. I've been in and out of there, but I've never stayed overnight there because it's because I I went I've gone to the next anchorage up in Banshi, 
but I've never spent the night in Solano. It was pretty Anchorage. Yeah, we couldn't. We I thought Bonchi was too small for for our boat. <laughs> um, we we went in there and and uh, did an ab- abrupt about face because I don't think any of the locals would have liked our our uh, our barge sitting in the way of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we we went up to Solano. And uh, we had a we had a great time in Solano and liked it a lot. Uh, we just yeah, we just anchored up there at the very head, and um, we could get Wi-Fi off of ACI there, uh, you know, three or four bars. Okay. So that was pretty good. And uh, and then you know, being being cross-country skiers, we sort of have a a bent for the self-propelled kind of of, uh, entertainment, whether it's biking or hiking or running, but, um, the kids were the, 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 uh, what are they called? The, the jet skis were zooming around. So we rented a jet ski for half an hour and the kids all got 10 minutes riding the jet ski around the Harbor. And, <laughs> and, uh, so they've had, they've had all of the, the uh, boating experiences by, by doing that. So right. we did that. And then sail down to Dubrovnik. Okay. Now we're going to stop it there because we've gone another hour and f- hour and 18 minutes now. And I may, wow. I may edit it a little bit down or I may cut out the long pauses, but we'll pretty much yeah. be as is. And when can we get you back again for another interview to continue on from Dubrovnik uh, to wherever you went after that? Did you go to uh, um, Montenegro? No, we we could not get into Montenegro. Oh. Uh, they 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 wouldn't allow us in. Okay. Uh, and we didn't. That it had been on our original plan to go to Montenegro and also to Albania, but um, Albania's out. They are having COVID issues, and uh, if you go to Albania, you're not going to go anyplace else. I think. Okay. Uh, so. So we, we shoved off right from Dubrovnik for, for Greece. Okay, so you had a, at least one or two nights overnight to get down to Greece then. Probably two, one, two, two nights two nights overnight to get to Greece then. Yeah. Okay, we'll catch up on that on our next, uh, our next interview, our next get-together. And uh, just, uh, just shoot me an email when you're ready to do it. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, it's been great talking to you, Franz. And it's uh, – I I, I, I – listened to so many of your episodes trying to uh collect information for this trip and listening to your friends uh andrew and uh and then you had the the whitmers on there i'm trying to think oh you had uh uh the fellow that delivered a boat from france over there mm-hmm. uh North 20 or whatever that place was. So anyway, we've, we've enjoyed listening to your stories and that, that character that you had on that's in Tunisia. Oh yeah. (laughs) You you know, we're from, we're from Maine and that guy, there's a saying about that guy. That guy is a piece of work. I mean, he's, (laughs) he is something else. I, we enjoyed listening to him. He's got his own (laughs) YouTube channel out too. And I've been watching his YouTube, uh, episodes of uh, him being stuck in Tunisia and uh, I've, I actually reached out to him last week said let's do an update because a lot of people like that podcast they like listening to him and he's uh, he's now in uh, in uh, Malta 
and busy making some videos to, to, to pay his way. So he said it'll, it'll be a little while before we can get him back on. But, uh, yeah, D- but, Dylan McGaster was his name. His... Yeah, he, he was great. And, and we, we laughed so hard because he described these paddle boats with the, um, with the slides on them. And we, we hadn't seen any of those up in, in northern part of Croatia. But we listened to the episode, and I think that next day we sailed in someplace, or, or a week later we sailed. Yeah, I think it was in Slano uh, that we. It could have been in Greece, and we saw those things, and we just laughed so hard because of how he described them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. well, all right, Chris. Thank you so much, and I like having your family pipe in there now and then. So I appreciate. Oh, that. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. You, I'm glad you enjoyed it. They had a good time listening in, and my son Lars would have pushed me off the phone if he could have had his way and corrected all my <laughs> my mislocations and everything. He's He has a great memory. <laughs> all right. Now I've got a couple. Uh, I'm going to cut it off there because we're just, we're just, we could talk okay. and talk and talk. But thanks a lot, and uh, we'll get back again. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions, write me, franz1 at medsailor.com. There's three ways to support the podcast. The first is becoming a Patreon, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd consider becoming a Patreon. That website is patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, backslash medsailor, M-E-D-S-A-I-L-O-R. The next way is to buy some of my audio products. If, if you're studying for the ASA 101, the 103, or the 104, I have a series of audio lessons that can help you prepare for the written portion of that exam. And also, if you're a beginning sailor, you really should download the uh, first of those, the ASA 101, because it'll teach you a lot of the terminology you need to understand for sailing, as well as other valuable pieces of information. And the last way is you can go in and buy some of my bundles of past podcast episodes. I know iTunes only lets me list so many of the past podcasts. If you want the older podcasts, there's two ways to get those. The first way is free. Just go to the website and search through the back catalog of podcasts. The easier way is just to go to the website and look for my audio products for sale, and they will be listed there. I think you have 20 podcasts for $9.99, something like that. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. And again, if you have any thoughts or suggestions, write me, franz1 at medsailor.com. The website for Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond is www.medsailor.com. Again, medsailor.com. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the f***. What the f*** gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it.